Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of In the Trenches Sports. Sean Ludden joined line side by the man, the myth, the legend, Coach Chance Clemens. Coach, I know we uh, have had a little bit of a weekly hiatus here lately, you know, trying to get stuff situated back out into the football season, you know, with um, you coaching and everything else, but then also with me and, uh, you know, back in a retail position as well um, for a job. Um, You know, we do have lives outside of the podcast, but, uh, you know, it's episode three of season two. Can you believe it? Season two, episode three already. Um, Back to college we go as college football, the season has started. Um, You know, last week we uh, posted our predictions. Um, for a couple games, the Notre Dame and Navy game, as well as uh, USC and San Jose State. Um, safe to say we both went 2-0 last week, Coach. I hope so. We did. We did. So we each had a perfect week. So uh, we both took Notre Dame. Um, and we both took USC. Um, and, uh, you know, this week we get to talk about – it's finally week one of the college football season. We've got football games going on as we record right now here on Thursday night. Um, Utah and Florida are playing. Um, you know, Missouri, South Dakota State. Um, you were watching what Nebraska was playing as well right now. Um, several games going on. Yeah, there's some handful of games going on tonight. Um, I know locally Tulsa is playing Arkansas State here in town. Um, so, wish I could have been been at that game. It's just been nice to kind of see uh, Tulsa play live and see how that turnaround has been going off season. But still, plenty of games you can go to this year, though. Um, oh yeah, you know, and we've we've got a good slate of games. You know, three games for us to pick later on in the show um, for this weekend. Um, you know, and we're, we're going to just kind of talk about, you know, college football this week, and then we'll get, you know, touch a little bit NFL, but, you know, next week we're going to hit the NFL hard because we've got to do our season predictions, our award predictions, um, and our, it's our NFL kickoff show next week, Coach, because we are exactly one week away from the Chiefs and Lions kicking off the season. I mean, this time next, next week, we're probably going to be entering in the third quarter, um, if not getting to the fourth quarter this time um, at night next week, next Thursday. Yeah, I'm so excited for the NFL season to get here. There hasn't been a lot of news as of late of what's going on. Um, but this year is a little different with NFL and having to cut players. You know, typically every week there's a deadline of like, okay, now you got to go from 90 to 75. Yep. And this year it was kind of just – Hey, it, it was one have, major cut. Yeah, it's like you have to have it done by this day. We don't care what you do. But by this day at four o'clock, it's got to be done. Um, and it really created a lot more position battles when you thought about it. Yeah, it, it really did. Um, you know, even standout guys like uh, LaMichael P. Ryan, um, Samaje P. Ryan's brother, you know, he was a standout in preseason for the Chiefs and he still got cut. Um, you know, that that's a very heavy running back room in Kansas City right now with Pacheco, Pacheco um, McKinnon, and Edwards-Alaire. 
Um, and, you know, the Chiefs are also keeping seven receivers right now on the depth chart to start the season. That's unheard of for a team to do, seven receivers. Yeah, that's that's ridiculous. I'm sure so, one of them. I mean, more than likely, it'll probably be Justin Ross that'll get, you know, probably sent down to the practice squad. Um, but, I mean, to start the season with seven receivers, it, it's – you, you've got a couple veterans, but other than that, I mean, it's a young receiving room. So Mahomes and Kelsey and MVS, they're going to have to step up and really, you know, show what they can do this year. Um, but, you know, that that's that's all for next week. We, we can talk about that next week. Um, we've got to get to real quick, though. Um, we've, we've got to have our Holland Hall update, Coach. You know, what what's going on week after week one of Holland Hall? Uh, yeah, so week one, we – we did lose um, to a really good uh, Lincoln Christian, um, you know, a couple of years ago, back in 2020 and 2021, we played them back-to-back uh, state championship games. Um, and so they, they have a really good, strong program. Um, we may, we lost 33 to nothing, but the score sounds worse than the game was. Um, we just made a we we made a lot of mistakes early that hurt us. Um, but at halftime it was six nothing. So the second half is when we made more crucial mistakes. Mm-hmm. You know, often you, tried, you thought the adjustments you made at halftime were going to you know get you that lead, but instead they end up hurting you instead. Right, and it wasn't anything on the defense. I mean, literally we. I don't think they're they drove the field on us at all. Um, we just gave up short yards. We gave up short field advantage for turnovers or um, just miscues. We had one bad punt that set them up for a ten yard uh, run, and so just just you know some simple mistakes um, mm-hmm. that we're hoping to clean up this week. We should have. You know, a good fight on our hands this week uh, with Tulsa, Will Rogers. Um, but we'll we'll see where we're at. We got, I mean, we got some incredible running backs um, that made some plays for us last week. Young wide receivers stepping up and making plays, and so the opportunities are there. We just need to capitalize on them. Definitely, definitely. Um, so yeah, I mean, we're excited for next week to hear how. Uh, the game this week goes um you know obviously we wish you and everyone at Holland Hall the best of luck and you know we're rooting rooting for you um real quick before we dive into you know the college football side of things and everything else um have you been following you know the KCAC in Ottawa and everything else that you know week one of NAIA was last week as well yeah, I saw that. Um, so I had to stay up with it. I know they lost by two. So uh, 20, 24 to 22, Ottawa went down to Winfield to play Southwestern, and Southwestern's ranked number 11 in the nation, you know, going into last week. Um, and Ottawa, it was they, – they were in it the entire game, and they had a chance to win, and, you know, they just fell short there. Um, but, you know, falling to a very strong – Southwestern team in just the second year of Nick Davis's head coach, you know, that's showing what him and Clarence Anderson and the rest of the, you know, coaching staff has been able to do 
at Ottawa just in this offseason alone coming out of, you know, the first season last year. Um, you know, so 22-24, I mean, that was, that was a hard, hard-fought game for Ottawa. And, you know, for them to come out against number 11 team with a two-point loss, I think that's a win. Yeah, no, that, you know, people don't, you know, people say that moral victories don't matter or something like that. They, they do for a young coaching staff, and they mm-hmm. have a young team, and that's a game where you go, hey, we were, we were three plays away. If we make this play, make this play, make this play, that game's different, and we win. Um, and it just shows you the potential that you have to be a winning team, and so especially against a top-ranked team in the conference. Uh-huh. Um, so moving forward, that should help them just stay focused and realize, like, hey, what we're doing is working, and these little mistakes that we haven't been paying attention to do matter as much as coaches are saying. Oh, yeah. So. And, you know, looking at the rest of the scoreboard, though, in the KCAC, I mean, there were, I think, two blowouts. I think it was Friends destroyed St. Mary's 63 to nothing. Um, or something like that. But then you had uh, Evangel, you know, brand new to the conference, coming out of the Heart of America conference. You know, we all know the Heart of America because of Benedictine and Baker and, you know, Grandview and everything else like that. But, uh, you know, Evangel, um, they came in and they were playing Kansas Westland. And Kansas Westland, they, I, I know they were ranked nationally. I can't remember. It was below Southwestern. And they get a victory 17-7 to over a very strong Kansas Wesleyan team. We know how strong K-Dub is. Yeah, K-Dub is a really good uh, program in the last – honestly, the last decade. They've been – Yeah, I mean, they've, they've, been a, they've been a powerhouse. So, it's – it's interesting to see what they've been doing lately, um, especially after their former head coaches moved on. Um, I want to say it was Army, if I think. I think he's still coached at Army. Um, but, yeah, they. I'm interested to see what they can do this year as well. Yeah. I mean, so I'm, I'm excited to see uh, when Evangel plays Ottawa. I think it's – I think it's actually down here in Springfield. So if I do get, if it is down here in Springfield, that's a game I am going to try and go to um, because I, one, I'd love to catch up with all the Ottawa crowd, uh, but then two, just be able to see, you know, a good football game. I think that would be a, a really good game to watch. Um, but no, and I, okay. So did you see the Facebook post that Ottawa university did make though on the sun, Sunday after the football game though? Uh, I don't believe so, no. Okay, so it was apparently said during the broadcast during the Southwestern and Ottawa game that one of the visitors' buses were towed away for mechanical issues or something like that. Oh, yes, Um, yes, yes. And so on the way home, they're going through Emporia, and it's like 1 o'clock in the morning. I'm sorry, if you're Dr. Reggie, you know, the president of Ottawa, you have to word these statements better at the beginning and go everyone is safe to begin with instead of going around 1 a.m uh one of our buses carrying the defensive squad of our team 
uh, ended up in a ditch and, you know, uh, yada, yada, yada. And you're just saying to yourself, oh, my God, who's injured, who's dead, everything else. You're, you're thinking, like, you know, of the type of, like, we are Marshall situation, you know, the plane crashes, everything else. Right. And finally, you're reading three paragraphs and finally gets to the point, no one's injured, everyone is safe. And it's like, you got to start, you got to say that at the beginning of these types of statements. Yeah, they, that that would be my only note because I I thought the same thing was if you're leading it with a little um, worry, it's you know scare uh, scare, mm-hmm. uh, and so. But I'm glad everyone was safe and no one was hurt. Me too. So, all right. So we got in our Holland Hall. We got in a little bit of KCAC and AI action. Um, I think we definitely need to, you know, keep in close tabs on the KCAC this year um, and go back to it kind of how we did last year as well. Um, All right, coach, let's get into it. Um, We've got a couple NFL topics to talk about, don't we? Let's get those out of the way before we get in. The meat of our show tonight is college. So what do we got on the docket for NFL? All right, so first and foremost, because it's the most important Dallas Cowboys traded for Trey Lance. Uh, this makes Trey Lance back up to Dak Prescott, who kind of recently there's been a lot of discussion about contract. I've heard a lot of fans and people talking about his contract with so much money on it and stuff, but his poor performance. And this could possibly be a way to kind of get a fire under him of just it's time to perform, or we can look at other options. When he got that contract, I said it. He was overpaid, just like Zeke was overpaid. Right. And you agreed I, with me. Right. I I like Dak. I think he's a great player. I don't think he's worth what he got. Yeah. Um, okay, so Trey Lance is the third string uh, behind Cooper Rush. So I'm curious to see how long that's going to stay. Maybe Trey Lance jumps a second, um, or maybe Trey Lance doesn't stay on the roster, possibly. So he could be the emergency backup. That's the thing because you know you have that emergency backup quarterback now to where you can have a fifty-fourth man on your game day roster as long as he's an emergency backup quarterback. That way, and this is a new rule that has come out because of the Forty ers in uh, you know predicament that happened during the playoffs. Exactly. So, so um, I, that's an interesting trade. Um, I mean, it, it wasn't it, – it, here's my thing. It wasn't really a trade. It was a steal. I mean, look at what the 49ers gave up to get Trey Lance in that draft, and then they right. only get a fourth-round pick out of him. Right. And, you I, know, I wasn't big on Trey Lance coming out. I just No, didn't. neither was I. And all these comparisons to Patrick Mahomes he had, sorry, no. No, I think his, his comparisons to England, they were more compared to, I would say, maybe a, um, oh, I have him on the top of my tongue and I can't think of his name. Um, but he, he's, he's got a great size to him for a quarterback. Um, we saw a little bit of a strong arm potentially, but we've just never seen it 
really okay. developed NFL. And part of that is just maybe the 49ers offense is hard to understand. You know, uh, maybe I, I, he, he came out of South Dakota State. Great program, but it does not transition well into the NFL. I mean, we saw that right. with Carson Wentz. Exactly. So maybe that could be it where he just has a side game plan. Um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I don't think this hurts the 49ers. I don't think it hurts Dallas. I don't think there's – I think Dallas wins the trade just because they got him for so cheap for because of it. The 49ers paid for him. Um, but other than that, I think that's a, uh, you know, decent little thing to look into. And we'll see what happens, you know, three or four weeks in. Maybe Trey Lance yeah. plays a little bit. Um, all right, next thing on the bit, Jonathan Taylor still not traded. Um, still no contract. And on the physically unable to perform list to start the season, so he will miss at least the first four games of the season as well. Right, and so, and that is due to basically him not getting fined. Yep. And so, which I think is, I think that's kind of vulnerable for the team to hold that up and do that. Um, you know, it hurts them. So, I mean, would you rather find your player who's going to sit out or put him on the pub list, even though? You know, so I think it, it. I don't know. It just makes me happy that like the team's not trying to screw him while also trying to resign him, even though they won't give him first round worth, but will trade him for first round worth. Yeah. And and we talked about that last week. That's just the most ridiculous thing owners do. I understand why they do it, but. You know, it's kind of like when people post something for sale, like, hey, it's $500 or best offer. Well, if it's possibly worth $500, i am going to try to get all of it I can. But in my eyes, it's probably worth $250. You know, so mm-hmm. sad to say. But um, question for that, though. Who would... Let's say two teams. Give me two teams that could possibly be good fits for Jonathan Taylor, or just places you'd like like him to go. With the type of back he is, um, you know, you saw in the rumor mill that um, Green Bay was coming out to possibly trade for him, um, and then possibly Chicago as well. But I think what I would like to see, um, with I mean, I, I I would like to see him in Detroit. Put him in that Dan Campbell offense. Hard yeah. nose and everything else. I mean, he's a good power back, good physical runner. And Detroit, you know, that blue collar atmosphere, everything else. I mean, it did kind of be back like in his days in Wisconsin, you know, where he was grounding and pounding. And, you know, that would kind of alleviate Jared Goff a little bit. Um, and would actually be able to open up that passing game more as well um, and give a little bit of a, a reprieve for Amon Ross St. Brown. No, I, I think that's a – I think that's a reasonable uh, ask. I think 
I think that would be hard with them, you know, just drafting Gibbs and then also mm-hmm. for Montgomery and bringing him in for the money they did. So I, yeah. I know that would be hard to kind of do. Um, you would have to trade Montgomery if you're going to do that. Because also, I mean, there's no way you, 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 couldn't, you couldn't run with Montgomery and Taylor, yeah. But right. I, I still I still like here. Montgomery though. I do still like Montgomery. I, I do I hate that Williams is no longer in Detroit? Yes. But Williams is going to be a great fit down in New Orleans with Kamara out, you know, was it the first four or six games of the season? Uh, I think it's four. That's what yeah. No, no, so it's I, three. Is it three? I think so. Oh God. two to four. And I think it settled on the three. Yeah, let's suspend him a year after his assault. When everyone else always gets suspended immediately. Uh, suspend for the first three games of the 23 season. Okay, yeah. Stupid, stupid. So. He beat a man nearly to death, and yet he only gets three games. Well, if it was a woman, he probably would have got two, so. Um. Okay, so we're saying Chicago and Detroit. The Detroit's probably your favorite. I can yeah. get rid of Chicago. I think Chicago has an open room right now. Um, I think Herbert's good, but I don't think he's a. I don't think he's your franchise guy. Even if you do a full no. system, I don't think he's. The number two. I think he's a number three, possibly a number two for a short term. Um, and I'm saying that even as a guy who has drafted him in fantasy and helped me win weeks, you know, mm-hmm. I think Bears, that would be a good location. You just traded for DJ Moore. You are strengthening your offensive core. I think this just, this helps eliminate quick three and outs if that makes yep. sense I'm your defense, even if you go three and out just a good strong run game at least helps you eliminate the clock more and maybe you go four and out now you get a first down first and ten but then you get stuffed on first down then you pass it and then you go for third and long, and you run it, and that's fourth and one. Okay, well, it's fine. Well, you still just took off, you know, two minutes off the clock or so. Um, so, yeah, I agree there. But I would probably say my number one would be Miami. Really? I, who's the running back in Miami? Good point. I mean, you – you, you What is it, Moser? No, I don't – No. I like him, but no. I, I just don't think he's... No, I mean, I'm saying that's who's down there right now, isn't it? Right, yeah. Yeah, I think he's the guy right now. Um, yeah, I mean, so your your depth chart at running back right now is Raheem Mozart, um, Jeff Wilson. Um, IR. Salvin Ahmed. Chris Brooks, 
and, and A-Chain. Devon A-Chain. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, A-Chain. He's your rookie. I've heard a lot of reports where he, he looks really good, where he could probably be the number one guy in five, three or four weeks in. Which is scary, where you could kind of ruin his career within a few years. Yeah. So, but yeah, if you can bring Jonathan Taylor in, I think that provides a workforce running back who can also catch. Now you're forcing the linebackers to go with your running back on a swing route instead of sitting in the middle and spying Tua or trying to help cover a slant on Hill or Waddle. And I think it takes pressure off of Tua to have to throw it on second down. So, I, I think that's my number one. I would love to see him for Dallas. I think I, I like Tony Pollard, but I don't think he's a workhorse. Um, no, they, pa- Pollard's your, three, your third down guy. I mean... And yeah. you know me, how big I have been a band. I have been, you know, big on Pollard ever, you know, for what the past four years or so, right? If not longer, I mean, but so, for him to be the number one guy, he he's not a number one role in Dallas. No, and we don't have any size at running back, and I think Jonathan Taylor brings more thickness to that position, mm-hmm. and so I think. You know, third and one, let him take take it up the middle and pound it for a couple of yards. So I'm fine with that. But yeah, I think Miami would be the number one option. Um, I don't know money wise if they can do it. I think the Bears would probably be the most reliable or most possible to do the extension. But mm-hmm. even draft pick wise too, they can Chicago could afford it. Yeah. So. Um, well, all right. Okay, so let's let's stay, you know, kind of on our holdout topic here real quick. Chris Jones, he said that he's willing to hold out through week eight of the season, and the Chiefs have put him on reserved, on the reserved list, um, you know, to start the season as well. What's your take on Chris Jones? I mean, does he deserve to get paid? Yes. He just got – so here's here's my thing. Did he not just get an extension, what was that, last year going into the season or the year before? Um, and, you know, yes, you did just come off a Super Bowl victory. And, yes, you're one of the – you're probably the best defensive tackle in the game right now, but no one wants to admit it. So they're still going with Aaron Donald, um, even though Donald is, you know – really just playing a couple downs now here and there. Um, but does he deserve the money? Yes. But you have also made it clear and made public statements that you wanted to be a chief for life and that you would will be willing to take pay cuts. And now you're coming out and retracting on all those statements and wanting money. I'm sorry, but Brett Veach is going to show you that the Chiefs can do this without you. Right, and he he so he did do a contract extension back in 2020, 
uh, for four years, 80 million. So he's going into the last year of his contract. Okay. Now here, and I and I get that you're willing to take pay cuts, you're willing to do this and that, you want to stay forever. But this is what happens when you sign a quarterback for what you did. Now they're going whoa, 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 whoa. That's not a possibility unless I'm making stops on defense. And I'm not saying what they do with Patrick Mahomes is wrong. You know I love it because I think he was a genius to sign him for that long for that much money mm-hmm. to where in two years he's not he's gonna be like the eighth highest paid quarterback. Yeah, and here's the thing too with Mahomes' contract. Each year they're restructuring it to where it's being changed more into signing bonuses and incentives and allowing more cap space for the Chiefs to then go out and get or re-sign players and restructure contracts and bring in other guys to continue the winning ways. I mean, this is going back to how the Patriots did it with Brady and Welker and Edelman and Gronk. Right. And and Mahomes even said that. I'm more worried about the rings than the money because I'm already financially mm-hmm. secure. I want to win. And so I – I think Chris Jones is worth it. Um, he got drafted in 2016. So he's 29 years old. So he still has a good three years left. I mean, he's got three solid years left, five to six years ready to run. He probably goes until he's 35. Um, you know, defensive tackle is one of those positions where even if you're not elite, if you can still just – hold the gap, you can kind of shut down the run play and hold up two offensive linemen to double-team you even if you're not elite anymore um, as you get older. And so I think he's worth it. I Because what's he, what's he asking for? Uh, he really hasn't said numbers-wise. But he wants to be top, you know, top, top paid. So I mean, he's looking at Aaron Donald money and you know higher. So contract that pays twenty million per year. He, the Chiefs want to give him a new contract. Jones reported he wants thirty million per year. So you want a ten million dollar bump per year. I mean, I would try to meet him in the middle and said, "Hey, let's go twenty-five. Yeah. Like, let's guarantee 20, or we'll guarantee you 25, and let's make it 27, 28. And then the last year on the contract, the last year in the contract, you know, push it to 32 and and guarantee him 28 or 30 or something. But, I mean, if he holds out until week eight, I think by that time – it's hard to get readjusted halfway through the season with rotation, with his physical fitness, um, locker room dynamic. That, that's that's going to be hard right there. It is. It's going to be very hard. Um, you know, and it's we we've seen these holdouts. They don't work. Le'Veon Bell. Held out a whole entire season. Does not work. No. So, 
Um, all right. So move from contracts right there into what another contract with TJ Hawkinson. Yeah. So TJ Hawkinson got the uh, basically he reset the tight ends um, pay scale four year extension worth up to sixty eight and a half million, uh, but forty two five guaranteed. So. A little less than half guaranteed, or more than half guaranteed. Um, now, is he worth it? I don't. I don't know. Maybe a four-year extension. Yes. I don't know if he's worth sixty-eight. I would maybe say he's closer to forty-five, and maybe twenty-five, thirty guaranteed. Mm-hmm. But. I mean, it, it provides a a security outlet, basically. Exactly. I mean, because you can't rely on Jefferson every single week because he's going to get locked down. And they know where Kirk Cousins is going to throw the ball. Um, you no longer have Dalvin Cook in the backfield either. Um, so you, you've got to rely on Hawkinson. Um, who is in the backfield now in Minnesota? Uh, it's James Madison, and uh, is it James Madison? And um, they just released the seventh round rookie, uh, Dwayne McBride, which I was pretty excited about him. Um, yeah, I I thought he could have been like another um, seventh round find, like Pacheco. Yeah, I mean he. Yeah, Alexander Madison. Does, does, doesn't run, you know, as well or angry as Pacheco, but, I mean, still. He had a good preseason, so I'm sure yeah. he's made it by somebody. I mean, Miami, why don't you go ahead and pick him up since we literally have no idea who your running back room is. Uh, Ty Chandler, second, and then Miles Gaskin, still in there, third. Yeah. Uh, one year wonder rookie for him for Miami until he was released. So yeah. So I mean, yeah, they they were going to rely heavy on, you know, Hawkinson and Jefferson. Um, and Jordan Addison with the rookie, he'll take Adam Thielen's position as a two. Okay, hey, speaking of Thielen, did I not call it that C.J. Stroud, or not C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young was going to rely on him heavy in preseason, and this was going to be the connection going into the regular season to watch? Yeah, yeah, and I, I think it's great. I think it's great, and it gives you a perfect – sorry. It gives Jonathan Mingo a perfect example of how to transition to the NFL – how to run routes, how to be the number one. And so I know they're paying Adam Thielen a crap ton of money. Even yep, though, he got a, he got an extension. Right. And he's past his prime, but I think he'll be the guy this year. And then if Mingo can pick up on the offense and transition to the NFL really well, I think he's Thielen's going to become a Welker. Right. He's going to be the guy next year. Um, and Thielen will transition right back to being the number two guy. Um, but we'll, we'll see. I, I'm excited to kind of see what the Panthers can do. I think that division, which we'll talk about next week for sure, completely uh, wide open. But it'll be 
definitely interesting to see. All right, Coach. I think that hits it on the NFL side of things. Next week, you know, we are going to talk um, our award predictions for the season, our, you know, division winners, you know, playoff teams, Super Bowl teams, you know, conference champions, everything like that. That We're going to discuss that next week on our NFL kickoff show, pre, um, you know, and predictions and everything else. We're also going to get back into um, NFL relocation. Um, what two, what are going to be our two teams we're releasing again? Um, you know, number two team for you, number two team for me. Um, and then obviously we've got, you know, week one NFL predictions as well, baby. So that's all next week coming on, um, you know, the podcast next week. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, it'll, it'll be exciting. We'll get our, um, I know, like you said early, to start so we've had a lot going on, so we haven't been able to stay up like we have, like season one, where we where we were recording in June um, and July and stuff like that. Uh, lots been going on, so we will get all of it back in. We get the franchise players in, we get our college picks in um, to win the conference. So we will we will get that going, and we'll have. We'll have stuff ready for you for these next two episodes for sure. All right, Coach, real quick, since we're getting into college now and week one of the season has started, we have not even discussed this yet. But I think right now, just on the spot, give me your four playoff teams. Um, and this, um, this is what we're going to go with all season long. So these are your four teams. They're going to be locked in right now. Okay, so let's – I was all before we started. I was actually going to bring up like, hey, do you want to just go ahead and just pick our winners for the conferences? <laughs> um, so that works. We can do that right now, and it'll lead right into it'll lead right into uh, playoff. Okay, so ACC. Right now, your favorites for the ACC are Clemson, Florida State, and North Carolina. They're ranked 21. I don't think they can do it. I think it's going to come down to Clemson and Florida State. I I kind of have a feeling that Clemson's going to keep winning, and they're going to they're going to win the ACC again. I'm not bothered on Clemson. I think they're overranked again, just like they were last year. And so I am going to go. I'm going Florida State, buddy. Okay. Give me those Seminoles out of Tallahassee. Go ahead and mark it on down. And, and Florida State's one of those things where I like them, but I don't like them. Yep. And so no, I, I feel it. I feel it. I'm 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 taking a big leap right there going forward to sit. Yeah. Um, let's see. Do we want to include the American Athletic Conference as the Power Six Conference? Which will no, soon be the Power we're, Five Conference. No, we're we're just doing our normal conferences. We're doing the Ace ACC, Pac twelve, Big okay. Twelve, Big Ten, and SEC. All right, so I'm, 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 we, we we can we can on on on, on X. 
get into the other conferences, but on the show itself, I was just going to stay with five, Yep. Which will be the core four next year. All right. So Big 12, first year of the slight expansion with the UCF Knights, BYU Cougars, Cincinnati Bearcats, and the Houston, Houston Cougars. Um, still have OU for the last year. I've heard a couple different uh, favorites right now. I think Texas is the number one favorite. Kansas State, TCU possibly the number two favorites going back and forth. And Oklahoma, I think, was preseason third um, behind TCU or Kansas State, you know, what ranking you're looking at. So who do you have for the Big 12? And there's four teams that are ranked right now in the Big 12. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm a – I think K-State's going to take a step back, you know, losing Deuce Vaughn um, and the weapons they did lose on that team. You know, I, I think they're going to take a step back. Um, I think Kansas isn't getting enough credit as Kansas should this year. Um, because they were voted at the bottom of the conference. Um, when, am I saying Kansas is going to win the conference? No, I'm just saying they're not getting enough credit. Right. Um, but uh, I'm uh, – and I, I, TCU lost too much as well in the draft. Um, but Sonny Dykes did say, skill-wise, this team is better yeah. – year than last year and they went to the national championship so that is true that is true um gosh it pains me it, it really pains me i don't want to say texas i really don't um but i think texas is going to win the big 12 in their final year of it okay I hate that too. I really do. I and um, I I have to say it. I I would not mind seeing OU Texas in a Big Twelve cha- uh, Big Twelve championship game, especially after I'm not gonna say it was favoritism, but after hearing um, the commissioner of Big Twelve kind of play towards the Texas Tech crowd when he spoke in front of them, uh, really pushing for Texas Tech to kind of beat Texas on Thanksgiving mm-hmm. and get to the uh, conference championship game. So I I think that would just be a perfect way to just kind of leave the Big 12 of your best two teams are winning again and they're leaving. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I'm going to go Oklahoma and I'm not doing that because I'm a homer. I'm doing that because I think this defense has got a lot better. The offense is good. I will say the offense is probably a B minus right now, but I think this defense is flipped from a C to an A minus. That's a bold statement, Tom. I know, I know, but I'm, I, I just I have a feeling the things I've seen and heard. I think OU is going to shock a lot of people. They do have the easiest schedule in the Big 12. 
I, I will say that. They do have a really easy schedule. Um, Texas has a moderate schedule. Oklahoma State has a really easy schedule. Um, but Oklahoma State, I think, just they've lost too much. I think TCU will be competitive. I think BYU, though, could be the surprise team for everybody. I would not be surprised if they compete and may become a game short of making the conference championship game. Now, uh, who, let's see here. Okay, Coach, I'm a little disappointed with Oklahoma, though, right now. Why? Because their number one quarterback, in my opinion, on the depth chart, just because of the name itself, I mean, General Booty should be starting for Oklahoma. Oh, I know. He's, I think he's our second, possibly third string guy right now. Well, I I just looked at the depth chart that they just posted for Arkansas State. He's not even on the in the in the. Oh three. no, no, that's right because he moved to tight ends. What? Yeah, in uh, spring ball they he moved to tight end. Oh, it's, it's, it's a Blake Bell situation. Dang. So we got a Blake Bell on our hands. Yeah, but and he also he just did a um, nil. NIL deal with um, a sock and underwear company. Yes. Where it says booty on the butt of the underwear with the OU logo and with his um, his face as well. And then you can get socks. Well, then you had you know, his NIL uh, deal that's still you know, from last year as well where he was uh, doing the all the proceeds from the t-shirt sales were going to the, what, Children's Hospital in Oklahoma? Right. So you still got that going as well for him. So, I mean, that's dude's, – dude's crushing it marketing-wise. No, he is. So um, – All right. So, Big 12, you've got Oklahoma. I've got Texas. Either way, I think they meet up in the Big 12 title game in Dallas. Right. So I mean, they've already they're already going to play once in Dallas. Why not make it a second time? Exactly. All right. Now, ooh. Uh, okay. So big question then. Yeah. Is the is is Red River Red River rivalry still going to be a thing once they move to the SEC? Yes, that was. I think that was part of the contract because they've already said that game's going to be a constant, and it's a it's. I think that was a. Non, non-negotiable, non-negotiable, um, and I think they're automatically going to be in whatever if they do pods or if they do sub districts or conferences or whatever, they're automatically together, um, and that'll be a every year game. Now, will it be in time? I believe so because the whole part of it is it's around the Texas State Fair. Mm-hmm. Um, what makes helps make it so special as well, because um, I know that's when Texas and OU fans or students are out of school. They're only in school for like two days, I think, and then they get off for full break. Yeah, um, they all travel down there. So, oh, trust me, I know. I lived it last year. 
I love that traffic. So, all right. Okay, so Big Ten, that's where I was going next as well. So the Big Ten is divided into the East and the West. Okay, now I feel like an idiot. Was the ACC divided into separate divisions? No, no, they're not. Okay. I don't feel like a big idiot now. Okay, so with the Big Ten being two separate divisions, who do you have winning East and who do you have winning the West and who wins the conference overall? Well, let's see here. Michigan and Ohio State are both in the same division. And Penn State. Um, And Penn State. And so basically you have your powerhouses in one side and then you have Nebraska and Wisconsin in the other side. So it's typically one of those two teams, and typically in the past couple years it's been Wisconsin. But this year you have Nebraska with Matt Rule. And, like, I'm really looking forward to seeing what's going to happen with Matt Rule um, and how he can change things there. Um, um, Give me Wisconsin out of the West. Um, and uh, no, James Franklin and Penn State, they can't do it. Um, do we go Michigan again, though? Do we? Can Michigan have Ohio State's number two years in a row? Uh, I think this would actually be three. Oh, they would be three. It would be three years in a row. You're right. Harbaugh would be the first coach to do that in probably ever. Probably since Bo Schembechler. Give me Ohio State, and then Ohio State of Wisconsin. Okay, so then you got Ohio State. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'm going to go with – I would – so if we did this podcast a day or two ago, I would have told you I had Minnesota in the West. I'm I'm a big (laughs) – I love their coach. BJ Flick, love him. Yeah. Love, him. love him. But it feels like when push comes to shove, he can't win the big games. And it's that is, it's a big game today because they're playing Nebraska right now. They're um, losing ten to three, which I'm not saying Nebraska won't show up in the sub will come back and win. And that's definitely a possibility. But I'm going to go with the team that could barely score any points last year. I'm going to go Iowa in the West. Ooh. And then I think I like see Penn State do it, but they're not going to. Ohio State has talent. They just figured out who their quarterback's going to be. Uh, what, a day or two ago? Yep. So I'm not sure 
Like, they're the team that they could win it every year. Almost like, see, they could win it every year, but somehow they're going to choke and step over their own foot and could easily screw up. Ohio State, the past couple years, have had those games, and typically those games have come against Indiana or, you know, um, a Penn State or something like that. You know, and where they should get to win three times in a row against Ohio State is hard. And yeah. And I, that's for any team against any school in your conference. Ohio State has Indiana this weekend. Right. So. I'm going to go for it. I'm going to say Michigan. I. Ooh. I like it, but I'd probably feel the same way if I said Ohio State. But I'm I'm just gonna throw the curveball and go Iowa, Michigan, and I'm well, gonna put I'm gonna put Michigan in the win. Okay, so Big Ten title game last year was Purdue and. Was it Purdue in Michigan? So, what what side is Purdue on? Why why am I think Purdue's on the west? Okay, okay. Why is Purdue's on the east side of the freaking? Why did they put Purdue on the west when they're on the east side of the conference? Well, remember the Big Ten used to be. Yeah, um, I know. It's so stupid. Pigeons, the... It's so stupid. Whatever it was. It was like so the Legends and Legacy. Was. Yeah. And then they just left it like that. So so stupid. Now they could change next year with USC and UCLA coming. Because they could join. Well, and then they you, had, you have UCLA, um, USC, Oregon, and Washington all next year. Right. Okay, yes. Those other two are joining. So, yeah, you could easily move over. You could probably move Northwestern over. Um, no, Northwestern's a team you always got to watch for as well, but they've got a new head coach after the hazing allegations from their former head coach and everything else. And, it, and that was literally like, what, three weeks, four weeks ago? So mm-hmm. that was a little different. But All right, so we got – I got Michigan – Beating Iowa and you have Ohio State beating Wisconsin. Yep. Jeez. Okay. So SEC, or do we want to do Pac 12? Uh, let's do Pac 12. Okay. The dying conference. Of the Pac 12. Which is sad because this is probably the best they've been in a decade. Yeah. You've got Arizona State that is now self um, self imposed the bowl ban this year. Um, Smart. Herm Edwards. Um, honestly, I don't think it was anything Herm Edwards did. I think it was his staff. Correct. Um, which is still bullcrap in my opinion. Um, Herm, Ed- Herm Edwards is probably one of the best coaches. Um, but uh, I mean, how can you not do? 
because Utah, Utah and USC are they both in the same division? It's all just one conference now. Remember? Is it? Yeah, they do with the so because they're doing what the Big Twelve did. Yep, everyone is in the same division, and it's best to go uh, to the conference. Okay. Which I think is genius if everybody plays everybody. Yeah, which they don't though. Right. So I, that, whatever. That's probably why they're not after this year. Give me Utah and USC in the title game. Um. I want to hear you two before I make my pick on who wins. Let's see. So I'm watching Utah right now. They look pretty good. They're up 24 to 11 with just under three minutes left on the fourth. And they're starting quarterbacks not even playing right now. So I think they have the strong components to make the championship game. Uh-huh. Um, and really the good statements coming to the Big 12 next year. USC. I, I, I don't know if USC do what they did again last year. Um, I know they phenomenal freshman at wide receiver. Or I don't know if I can trust Oregon and Bo Nix again. Mm. Let me look at Washington's schedule real quick. Washington's schedule? Yeah, okay, so Boise State, Tulsa, at Michigan um, So we got Cal, Arizona, at Arizona, Oregon. Oregon State at Stanford at USC, Utah at Oregon State, finish on Washington State at home. Okay. So they have to win two out of the three of Oregon, USC, and Utah. They've got to win two out of the three games if they beat everybody else. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if this is going to be good or not. I'm going to go ahead and put Washington in that game. And I'm going to go ahead. And I'm going to go ahead and put Utah. Do I love it? Probably not. Am I going to regret this in probably 10 weeks? Possibly. But I just I USC schedule is too easy where I feel like they're trip themselves up. Uh-huh. I mean Lincoln Riley, since he's been at OU, has always lost a game he shouldn't lose. And I think that could happen when it comes to them playing UCLA or them playing Bruce. 
or even Utah, because they play Utah at home, which is a benefit of that game. But, yeah, I just – I think that is a possibility. And I think I'm going to go with Utah winning it. Really? Yep. Utah beats Washington. And your conference title. <clears throat> So then I've got to pick between Utah and USC. Caleb Williams and Lincoln Riley. For Utah. Utah has been the hot team, though, the last couple years. Which makes me nervous for taking them. You said nervous that I'm taking Utah. That's what makes nervous. That, nervous oh, oh, that you you took them, yeah. Yeah, they've been hot for years, but mm-hmm. every fire eventually flames out. Flames out, exactly. I'm plain and simple. Caleb Williams is winning the Heisman this year. I mean, so that's what he won it last year, didn't he? Yep. So I think he's going to be a two-time Heisman winner. And he's only, what, uh, is he a junior or a sophomore this year? He's a junior. Okay, so he's coming out in, for, for the draft this year as well. Yeah, he'll, he'll be a true junior. Um, give me Lincoln Riley and Caleb, Caleb Williams and our, our Heisman winner. Okay. So mark, mark him down for Heisman winner as well. Okay. And last, but certainly the best, let's go to SEC. And we've got... You've got the back-to-back champs right now with Georgia. You've got Bama, you know, trying to continue their dynasty. Um, You know... What? There's... You know, Auburn, they're trying to make a comeback. You got Texas A&M trying to not be a laughing stock. Um, Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss. Um, he's trying to take control. Oof, there's a oh. lot going on down in the SEC, Coach. I already got mine. I already got my two picks. Do you really? Yep. I just had to look at Georgia's schedule to confirm it. But I got my two picks. Okay, what on Georgia's schedule said it? They don't play LSU. So you're you're going Georgia and LSU in the title, aren't you? Yep. Okay. Now even if they played, I'd probably still go Georgia LSU, possibly. Um, oh shoot! Where was that? There we go. I was trying to find my cursor. I probably still go Georgia LSU because um, I don't. I just don't think the West is that strong. 
Besides yeah. Alabama. I mean, I think it's LSU. Yeah. Right? That's what he's down to. I mean, because Tennessee's in the east with Georgia. Yep. And what, Ole is it? Who else is in the east? Tennessee, Georgia. Um, Florida, Vanderbilt, Kentucky. Florida, Vanderbilt, Miz- Kentucky. Carolina. Okay, I hate that Mizzou's in with the east. Right. Like, that's so stupid. See, again, I think for next year it can change where maybe LSU yeah. and Ole Miss jump to the east and OU or yeah I mean, you've got you've got to have three you've got to have three teams move to the east because you got to bring Missouri back over to the west and then put OU and Texas in there I mean yeah. Mississippi State that would be it Ole Miss Mississippi State LSU yeah. That way you have Alabama and Auburn, and then you got Texas A&M. So you have the Texas schools, Alabama schools, Missouri, and OU, and Arkansas. Yeah. And that would probably strengthen the East as well, bringing in the Mississippi schools and LSU. I think the East is going to come down between – well, no, Georgia's are, Georgia's got the East. I was going to say, give me Tennessee can put a fight for it, but no, they're they're not. Um, Tennessee's going to take a step back this year. Um, so give me Georgia in the East, and then um, give me Bama. All right. And I think Nick Saban loses to his uh, protege again, and Kirby Smart gets the best of him. And Georgia Georgia moves on again. All right. And the final question Who's your four for the playoff? Okay. So. USC, they're going to be the USC's a three seed. Georgia's your one seed. So there's your one three matchup. Or no, it's a it's a two three matchup and then one four, right? Yeah. Yeah, so Georgia, USC, so Georgia one, USC three. Give me uh, Bama sneaks in at four, and then Texas in at two. No, scratch it, scratch it. USC 2, Texas 3, Bama 4. Okay. So Georgia, USC, Texas, Bama. Okay. 
and the one four matchup is Georgia Bama. Um, after playing the week before, or you know, what the three weeks before, or whatever, in the SEC title game, Saban gets the revenge on Kirby Smart, and Saban moves into the title game. And Lincoln Riley beats Sarkeesian, and Riley and USC go to the title game against Bama, and USC takes it. Oh, okay. So there you go. USC has your Heisman winner and Coach of the Year and National Champion. Okay. With how many? Let's see here. Let's see here. So. With a 14 title game. Uh, USC only loses two games on the season. So a 14 and 2 record. You say USC loses two. USC loses two. Fourteen and two. Okay. I think they lose. Oh, if they. Notre Dame and Washington. Those are the two. I'm really making some big statements right now, Coach. I don't think USC makes it if they lose two games. Ooh, Minnesota just scored 10-9, going for the extra point. With 2.32 left on the fourth. And good tap, good hold. It's actually a bad hold. Laces are facing the kicker. But he makes it 10-10. Tied up. Yes. All right. So yeah. my uh, give give me give me your SEC now or no no your your playoff yeah you already gave me your SEC. All right. So with the number four seed, I'm going to Utah. Okay. Number three seed, I'm going Clemson. Ooh. Number two seed, I'm going LSU, and number one Michigan. Okay. Who who okay. Um, who are your first two outs? So fifth and sixth seed. I didn't do my fifth and sixth seed. Uh, it would have to be. Oh shit! I messed that up. I messed that up. That's my bad. Okay, so I have Michigan one, LSU two, 
I'm glad you said that because I, I caught my mistake. I think what would happen last year is going to happen again, and we could see Georgia drop to the four seed, and I I think Utah pulls off getting the three seed over Clemson due to strength of schedule. And then we go to Georgia over Michigan. Man, I like this LSU squad. And I can see Utah pulling up an upset. They've got they they've done it before. Okay, I'm changing something on USC. They lose one game, and that one game they lose is to Notre Dame. Okay. And Notre Dame is the fifth seed, so they're the first one out. And then. Mm, Oh, is the ACC really that strong? And is Florida State really that strong to be a sixth seed? Uh, if they only lose one, yes. Oh. If they go undefeated, they gotta be. They have to be in. Yeah. It's is is. Oh, is Florida State really that strong to be considered a sixth seed? Well, no, I, th- I think here's what happens. I think Florida State at the time of the conference title game is going to be probably a 12 seed and Clemson is going to be your eight seed, but Florida State knocks them off in the title game. Um, and I think Oklahoma is your number six seed. That's out looking. No, 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 not Oklahoma. Michigan. Michigan's your did I even include a Big Ten team in in the playoff? Uh no. Texas, USC, Georgia, Bama. So Michigan oh. will be your Okay, pull or Texas no. out. Pull pull Texas out. Because you have Ohio State winning against Wisconsin. Yeah, pull pull Texas out and put Ohio State where Texas is. John, what am I thinking still... there? You still have them losing to USC. Yeah, um, and and put put Texas in at the sixth seed, Notre Dame the five seed. Okay. And then Michigan seven, Clemson eight. Well, no, Clemson would drop after they lose Florida State in the title game. So put Florida State then in it. I'm going way too deep in this, coach. You got to stop me. Oh, yeah, because I'm done. <laughs> you got to stop me. I've got Michigan one facing Georgia at four. I'm taking Georgia for the win there. And then LSU versus Utah two and three. And I'm going to go with Utah with the upset. Um, and then Georgia-Utah play. And I, I'm going to go Georgia for the three-peat, which is – Georgia for the three-peat, wow. Hasn't been done in decades. Uh, Clemson at five – Misses out by one, and OU misses out at six. Okay. So give me my give me my six again. So you have Georgia at one, USC at two, Ohio State three, Bama four, 
Notre Dame five, missing by one, and Texas at six, out by two. Okay, I like it. I like it. I, I think Notre Dame's only that high because they beat USC earlier in the season. Yep. And USC has a strong schedule so they can make up for it. Yep. Conference schedule, I'll say that. I don't like – I guess yeah. pretty weak, but – if their conference keeps winning, it will strengthen as the year goes on, which helps them. Mm-hmm. But, all right. Um, we got to wrap this up pretty quick. Let's all right, see. we got prediction. All right, so our three games on. Hold yeah. on, give me your Heisman winner. My Heisman winner? Oh, I. Yeah. You, you know what? I'm going to go to the quarterback for LSU. I. No research. I like that kid. I've seen him. A couple highlights. I think he's got a great arm, great athletic ability. I think he is a – I don't like to say a Joe Burrow 2.0, but I think he's a mix of Burrow and a mix of um, – Oh. And he's kind of a mix of a uh, Hendon Hooker. Uh-huh. So I'm going to go LSU. i got to figure out his name if I'm going to put him as my guy. Yeah, yeah, you uh, do. Go ahead and bring up our three games on the docket for this week. Okay, so we have got uh, – oh, we were just looking at them. Um, we got Colorado TCU. Um, we also had – Oh, why is why is it not showing me top twenty-five? Because we were all it was all in top twenty-five. I have it written down. If you need me to run through it, yeah, yeah. If you can, it was uh, Colorado TCU. Yep. TCU's ranked seventeenth. They're coming off of a national championship appearance, going thirteen and two, nine and zero in conference. Colorado. 111, 118 in conference. Uh, Florida State, number five in the country, ended last year 10 and 4, 6 and 2. And they're facing Florida State, eighth in the country, 10 and 3, 5 and 3 last year. And lastly, it could be the most in, one of the most interesting games of the year. North Carolina, 21 in the country, 9 and 5, 6 and 2 last year against South Carolina, 8 and 5. Four and four Who finished year. the season very strong last year. Yes, yes, they did. Which kind so, of is a up, like a possible upset type of team this year, just with the the way they uh-huh. can finish. Uh, so maybe they can, you know, maybe they can flip that record to maybe nine and four. Maybe if they get lucky, maybe a ten and ten and three uh, season, but. Uh, yeah, let's, let's go with the Carolina schools first. Okay. Carolinas, I am going – give me South Carolina 34-31 over North Carolina. Okay, so you're going South Carolina for the win over North. And what was the score again? 34-31. Game Cox. We're going okay. 
Oh, I'm going to go. I'm going to go North Carolina. And I'm going to go 38, 28. Okay. Um, okay, so Colorado TCU. I TCU in this one by a landslide. Um, I don't think Prime has it yet with this team. Um, I think they're all bites. I mean, all bark and no no bite right now. Um, so give me TCU forty five, Colorado. 23. Okay. I'm going to go TCU 56 to 24. Same thing. I think TCU is just a little too strong, even with a lot of, you know, good handful of guys leaving. I think TCU is just stronger right now. Colorado's got new players. And so I think that push comes to shove is going to – I think it's going to affect them this year for sure. Um, and out of those 86 new players this year, uh, I might say maybe 40 of them, 45 stay around for next year. Yeah. But that's another topic for another day. All right. Last and one, last. number five, LSU, and number eight, Florida State. Yes. And, again – I, I know I said the Carolina games could be one of those games that's kind of a, one of the better games of the year. But to start the year off with a five versus eight, with two teams fighting for playoff spot early on in the season, I think it's just a great matchup. Uh, I would – like, you always think back to, like, your, you know, powerhouse teams that you wish could be in the same conference. This is a power – two powerhouse teams that I wish could be in the same conference. Right. Have you ever heard um, – have you ever heard – I don't listen to it all the time, but Feinbaum once said – he had Bowden on, and he asked him about it. He said, you know, why did Florida State not join the SEC when they got uh, invited several years ago? And he just simply said, I didn't want to. He goes, I didn't want to face that schedule every year. All I had to do was – beat Clemson in conference and then beat Florida at the end of the year and you're staying in the hunt for an after championship. Yeah, and this was the BCS days too. Right, so I think that I think that kind of, you know, kind of put Florida State in the circumstances they are in now, but honestly back then I, I could kind of I, agree with that. You're no, one of the I do too. You got great logo and name appearance. You win two big games a year and go undefeated. Yeah, you're in the conversation for the national championship. So, no, I I agree. Now, did it hurt you 30 years later? Yeah, but yeah. But we'll we'll see. Uh, that's another topic. We'll bring up next week. I wrote that down to get to, but we kind of ran over our time, and my wife is already telling me to hurry up. So, uh, LSU, Florida State, who you got? I am going. Well, I mean, if I'm if I'm strong on Florida State, you know, already I've 
<laughs> I'm going Florida State doing the upset here. Um, it's going to be a high scoring game. I say let's go 48 47 Florida State. Okay. And I think this goes into overtime, but I think it goes to. think this goes into overtime what is it triple overtime where they have to start doing two-point conversions i think that's second overtime oh and minnesota just beat nebraska 13 10 on a three second left field goal with a football folks choke city matt rule you are not ruling right now um it's okay if it was scott frost we kind of knew it was gonna happen matt rule that's okay yeah but uh, no, I say forty-eight, forty-seven, and double overtime. Double overtime. All right, perfect. Um, so I got that written down: Florida State forty-eight, LSU forty-seven. OT times two. I I think this leads to. Jaden Daniels starting a strong Heisman campaign. And I think LSU wins this 31 to 21. Okay. Make a statement early in the season. And I think you're going you're 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 thinking he's gonna have four passing TDs on the seat on in one in week one, aren't you? Nope. Two passing, one rushing. Okay. Okay. And I'm gonna write that down. How many total yards? Oh, oh give, give me uh, give me total yards, rushing and passing. Rushing, I'll probably say forty-five, and then passing, I'll probably go with about one hundred and eighty-five. So that's uh, what, about the, two two thirty to two forty. Yeah, total. or two sixty, two twenty passing, forty-five rushing. So that should be what two sixty-five. Right yeah, there, that's so yeah, two sixty-five. So, all right. I think that wraps it up for a great show. That was, Coach. So, there we have it. Episode three of season two, Back to College, folks. It is in the books. You make sure you follow us on X because it is no longer called Twitter, but we still call it Twitter in normal conversation every day, but it is called X. Well, hold on. Okay. Today, I saw X. And it said, um, it literally said at surveys, Twitter would love to hear your um, opinion on these surveys. I was like, are you X or are you Twitter? So, okay. So in the emails I get daily about, you know, news and stuff like that, it says X and then in parentheses, formerly known as Twitter. Right. So. I don't know. Right themselves either like i mean x the social media platform formerly known as twitter i mean like it's they're they're trying to be a 90s rapper i think they Um, identify as nine 
non-binary. I mean, yeah. I mean, gender X right there. I mean, he couldn't name his son. He couldn't name his son X or whatever. So he's going to call the, the Twitter X. All right. Well, all right. Okay. Enough of us. Enough of us rambling. <laughs> so, but all right, Coach, you go get to that wife and Holland Hall. We are playing who tonight on or on Friday? Uh, Will Rogers. Will Rogers. All right. So go get that victory against Will Rogers, and we will be back with everyone next week for the NFL kickoff show, where we will go over predictions, awards, everything else. Um, to start the season, episode three of season two, Back to College is in the books.